Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Isaiah chapter 35 and verse number 8 will be our first scripture. Then we'll jump down to Hebrews 12. Amen. And uh, we're going to be keying off of those scriptures. Amen. Isaiah 35 and 8 says, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. Everybody say, the way of holiness. Amen. The unclean shall not pass over, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring man, though fools shall not err therein. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Uh, Paul the writer here says to the Hebrew church, he says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. And again, it's one of those things. If the Bible says do it, we need to do it. If it says without it, I need to find out what that without is and I want it. Amen. And so when the Bible says you must be born again of the water and the spirit, I want to be born again of the water and the spirit. Amen. And so this is one of those things. And so we're talking about the spirit. Everybody say the spirit. The spirit of holiness. Let us, amen, pray together right now. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this incredible church family. I pray that you would open our understanding tonight, Lord, for we don't uh, come through our own intellect or through enticing words of men's wisdom or with excellency of speech, but, Lord, in the demonstration and the power of your spirit and that which has been revealed to us through your word, and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to spend just a few minutes tonight. And that's why I'm kind of moving expeditiously into this because I want to recap just a couple of things uh, because the last uh, time we spoke on this was on the 20th. So we are quite a few uh, days removed from that. And I just want to kind of brush up uh, where we were. And we talked about uh, that this is the spirit of holiness. And we talked and we read, and I'm going to read through Hebrews chapter 4. Amen. Uh, Beginning at verse uh, 25, where Paul writes and says, Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let the sun, uh, let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, and that he may give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Then we jumped over into chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and in sacrifice to God 
for a sweet-smelling savor. And then he goes down and he starts listing again. Amen. But fornication and uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be named among you as becometh the saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talk, nor jesting, which are not uh, convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, no unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance of the kingdom of Christ and of God. Then he says this in verse four, he's, uh, he's six, he says, let no man deceive you. Don't let anybody deceive you, amen, with vain words. In other words, he just said everything that I just said, don't let anybody come in and deceive you by disregarding what I just said. Because he knew the time would come in which we live in, amen, that, that, that the way humanity goes, that there would be, uh, there's always going to be the tendency to placate uh, to our carnal nature, amen. Then I threw up a list of do's and don'ts. I don't know if we still have that slide, but if you, uh, if you remember, and we posted this on the members page, um, we went through Hebrews 4 and 25 through, um, excuse me, Ephesians 4 and 25 through Ephesians 5 and 6, and we listed what the Bible said were do's and don'ts of the spirit of holiness, that is in our, our mind, in our conduct, in our actions, in our mouth. And we listed the do's were to speak truth, unity, work, give, encourage, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving, loving, thankfully, and sexually pure. And then Paul listed the don'ts here of our words, our mind, our mouth. And he says, we don't lie, no sinful anger, no stealing, no corrupt talk, don't grieve the Holy Ghost, uh, bitterness, gossip, obnoxiousness, meanness, covetousness, uh, sexual impurity, filthy talk, and dirty jokes. Amen. And so we, we're just dealing with attitude right? Because it's the way of holiness. Everybody say the way of holiness. Amen. It's the holiness begins in the spirit because God is a spirit. Amen. And so uh, we understand that, you know, the old song said, uh, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Amen. And so that's what we, that's what we want. We want God's spirit working in us and through us and changing us from the inside out. That's what that's what the Spirit of God does. Um, anybody want to venture a guess? Uh, what the Spirit of God is is called that fills us? Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. What is the first adjective there? First pronoun. Holy. Spirit. Holy Ghost. Didn't just say ghost. I'm glad it didn't just say ghost. Amen. You didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost and hear boo come out of you. <laughs> Amen. It's the Holy Ghost. And that word ghost, it's, you know, it's in the King James, the Old English, which, which literally means spirit or Holy Spirit. You can say uh, one or the other. Uh, but it's, it's, it's self-descriptive, right? It, it, in its identity, it tells you what it is. It's the Holy Spirit. Why, why didn't he fill us with some other spirit? Because he wants us to be like him. Be ye holy as I am holy, the Lord said. Right? What, what do we read in our text uh, when he said, follow peace with all men and holy? So you can't have holiness without the Holy Ghost. 
You can be different without the Holy Ghost, but we can't be holy without the Holy Ghost. This is why God gave us the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so um, if, you're, if you're taking notes tonight, you need, to, you need to jot that down. I can't be holy without the Holy Ghost. It's like I can't fast without prayer. Okay, it just, you got to have it. You got to have the Holy Ghost to be holy. Amen. And, uh, and so this is why we, we, we walk in that. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and beginning at verse 1, Paul writes and says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. So that means there's a filthiness that's without and within, and he's not talking merely about taking a bath. Now, taking a, you need to take a bath. You need to be, you know, don't be funky, you know. Don't, don't, you don't want to be like clouds of flies following you everywhere. But when he says, cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, what? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. When he says perfecting holiness in the fear of God, it doesn't mean a fear as in I'm afraid, the King James there means in reverence. That means in consideration of. So I'm going to perfect holiness in consideration of what God defined holiness to be, both within and without, amen? So we don't perfect holiness in what man declares holiness is, but we perfect holiness in the fear or in the understanding of what God determines holiness to be amen uh, Ephesians 4 and 22 through 24 again let me read this he says that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man which is a corrupt that which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed of the spirit in the spirit of the mind of your mind what is he saying here that even your conversation my conversation's got to change after you've been converted our our, our conversation needs to change we, we, there ain't no such thing as a cussing Christian. Amen. Ain't no such thing as a perverted joke-telling Christian. There's no such thing as a pornography-watching Christian. A dirty movie-watching Christian. Y'all with me? Amen. He said, put all of that off. That was the old man. That was the old man. I, 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 at some point in this series, I'm going to draw back on how far the North American church has drifted in, the, in 50 of I say North American church. North American loosely identified Christianity has drifted in just 50 years. And if you watch a trend line, there has been Christian affluency and holiness went in two opposite directions. Because virtually every denomination of any faith up until about 50 years maintained holiness. Matter of fact, it was called, it used to be called the holiness movement. And people were separating themselves from sin and from their former lives and following after holiness in their desires. And, and, but as we begin to prosper, then we begin to think, well, well, God wouldn't prosper me if he was displeased with me. And so Christianity in America began to redefine what holiness meant and not what the Bible said. And so Paul says to Ephesians, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt. So 
In one way, he said, let the liar lie no more. Let the thief steal no more. Whatever I was before I was converted, I need to be different than that. Amen? Uh, 1 Timothy 4 and 12 through 13 says, let no man despise thy youth, and be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come again, uh, or till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Here he is, dealing again with that spirit of holiness, to be pure and to maintain that. Amen. Uh, Titus chapter 2, beginning at verse 3, and then we'll jump down to verses 11 and 13. Uh, Titus chapter 2 and verse 3. The aged woman likewise, that they be in behavior as what? As becometh holiness. Now that does not mean that only the older women need to be holy. Because you're going to find out that he is saying that the, elder, the older women are setting the example for the younger women. We have flipped it in this society. We've now got the older people trying to be like the younger people. And it's chaotic. It's not, the, it's not supposed to be like that. Well, you're telling us that we got to dress like old people and talk and act like old. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that young people should look toward the older and say, that's how I want to be, rather than the olders looking at the younger saying, that's how I want to be. Amen? We, we need to live the example of godliness for the younger generation that they look up and say, I want to be like that. I can remember uh, looking at uh, men in the church that had served God for a long time, and I was inspired by them. I wanted, to, I wanted their prayer life. I wanted their worship. I wanted all of those things, but we have flipped it now. We flipped it. And that doesn't mean you can't be trendy and you can't be cool and all that stuff. What it means is, is we need to set the standard for the younger and not lower ourselves to try to be like the younger generation. Isn't there not a few things more pitiful than somebody old trying to, trying to dress like an 18-year-old or act like a 12-year-old? Have you ever seen, I, I saw, I probably, I'm not going to say it. My wife's not in here and I'm going to be good. I just wish some people knew how ridiculous they looked. Trying to hold on to their youth. Honey, it left you a long time ago. Long time ago. Hey Amen. I'll tell you one of them. I, I, I was at a, I was at the airport. And I saw this woman, bless her heart, she had to be in her 70s. And I promise you, everything she had on from head to toe came from Forever 21. <laughs> or one of those teeny bopper stores, right? And, and I'm just looking, I'm just thinking, you know what? Bless her heart, nobody loves her enough to tell her, you, you, look, you look like a clown. You look ridiculous. Now, I'm not saying you got to walk around in a moo-moo and, and leather boots, you know, and stuff like that. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm saying at some point, the, this is what, folks, we got to think what the Bible said. Let the aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh godliness. So the behavior of the older needs to set the standard for the younger. What happens if someone who is older acts like they're younger? What do we call that? Being immature right that's being immature 
I think you'll understand within reason what I'm talking about, right? I'm not saying we can't use, you know, like new verbiage or lingo, like cool. You know, you don't have to keep saying groovy. That went out of style 30 years ago, okay? But you get what I'm saying. There, the Bible lets us know that we that are older, we need to set the standard for the younger. And, and in setting the standard, and I'm talking about the spirit, I mean holiness in every way, and then when, when then we encourage them that you, you, this is the direction you need to go, not that direction. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. They're becoming holiness, not false accusers, not giving to much wine, teachers of good things. Verse 11, where we jump down there in Titus 2, jump down to verse 11. He says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. I'm not saying this. Paul is. He wrote this to Titus. He said that we need to deny ungodliness and worldliness. You know, he didn't say sexual lusts, although you need to deny sexual lusts. He identified this as worldly lusts, meaning lust for things that are not of the kingdom. Does that make sense? Now, don't just splice what I said. He didn't say sexual lust. He said, well, I can go lust after anybody I want. That's not what I said. Some of y'all laugh and think, oh, pastor's being silly. I have to qualify those things because people walk out of here and take those four or five words and say, well, pastor said I can just walk around Walmart and lust all day long. That's not what I said. And if you go to Walmart to lust, you got bigger issues anyway. <laughs> There's probably better, never mind. Amen. But he said, worldly, when you put L-Y on it, does anybody know gr grammatically what the L-Y on the end of a word means? Huh? Right. And it means that that L-Y means it's identifying what the subject was. So if it's godly, it means it's of God. If it's worldly, it's it's like the world. It's of the world. Amen. So, so if it's that thing that is of the world, then Paul said we need to deny that. Where everybody else is doing it. It doesn't matter if everybody else is doing it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not of the kingdom of everybody else. I'm of the kingdom of God. Amen. We should deny that live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter 1 in verses 15 through 16. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, is there anyone that thinks God was making a suggestion there? You know, like when I go out to eat, with, you know, at a restaurant, with, I'm there with some people, I'm suggesting things. Well, maybe you ought to try this. Maybe you ought to try this. I'm, I remember uh, when I was in that first, in that first miserable year of trying to lose weight, 
And I'd go to a restaurant and try to find something healthy to eat, which is virtually impossible because my wife's like, let's go to Cheesecake Factory. Sure, I'm going to find something healthy there. Yeah, let's go to cheese. You know, you know Cheesecake Factory was, was just determined to be the most unhealthy restaurant in America? It literally was because the portions are the biggest and they offer the most sweets. So I wish I'd have had that to throw in her face back then, but I didn't. And so I'm, at the, I'm looking at the menu, and I, I can distinctly remember there being with, with, with some different couples. And I'm looking at the menu knowing I'm eating roasted chicken, and that's it. Or I'm getting a steak, and that's it. And I love steak, but, you know, I was in that time with no, no sugar, no carbs. And I'm, I'm looking at that going, man. And so, Brother David, I'd look at one of the other guys. I'd say, boy, that fried catfish is phenomenal. You, you ought to get that fried catfish. And they look at me and go, I don't eat fish. Oh, but you would love fried catfish. And I don't care that you don't eat it. I want to see you eat it. <laughs> Grab him by the throat and say, you are going to eat catfish for me. And describe it in great detail. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Get the bang, bang chicken and shrimp for me. Eat it. Right. Amen. So those are suggestions, right, until I put my hand around their neck. Those were suggestions. <laughs> it doesn't appear to me, and, and this, is where, this is where we err if we think that God is implying that it should be done. He's making a clear commandment. Just because it wasn't written on one of two tablets of stone doesn't mean it was not a commandment. The Bible said, obey all the commandments of the Lord. Amen. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time um, talking about false churches. I'm not going to do that. Um, I, don't, I don't think it really, uh, it really uh, ultimately, I don't think it benefits us. Uh, I found out something fascinating. Do you know who is in charge of, well, I mean, I knew this, but something else is more uh, fascinating. Do you know who's in charge of counterfeit currencies and, and protecting us from it? Does anybody know what that department's called? Secret Service. That's right. Everybody thinks of the people that guard the president. Nope. They do that. But their main function, matter of fact, guarding the president is about, is about less than 3% of what they do. The other 97% of what the Secret Service does is counterfeit. It's it's stopping counterfeit currency but here's the fascinating part that i found uh brother moreno is i found out that the secret service you y'all gonna love this at least i thank you i hope you will do you know they don't study counterfeit currency did you know that i didn't know that they don't even look at it they barely even touch it or look at it you know what they do they study the real thing and they're so familiar with what's real that when they see the counterfeit, they instantly know it's not real. So I'm not going to waste my time with the counterfeit. I want to preach and teach the real thing so strong that when counterfeit pops up, you go, no, no, that's not, that's not right. Amen. Amen. I, 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 want, I want the word of God to be so clear and so true to us that not, not in any way that we would belittle anyone, not in any way that we would be unkind to anyone, but someone who is professing Christianity but not living holiness, we know, up counterfeit. 
because I am so familiar with the original. That's why I like Coke, not Pepsi. Amen. <laughs> ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. Ain't that what Ray said? Amen. It's the real thing. Once you've had Coca-Cola, Sam's Choice ain't going ain't to do it anymore. And, I, and listen, I've had plenty of Sam's Choice and Shasta and Dr. Thunders and everything else. I'm going to tell you something. When you've had the real thing, you, you don't have to somebody blindfold you and do a blind taste test. I can smell it. I don't know how many times they brought me out a drink. No, that's not Coke. I smell it first. Because I know I'm not going to like the, I'm not going, if I don't like the smell, I'm not going to like the taste. And there's something about being overseas. If you've been overseas for any extended period of time, and if you know me, I don't drink sodas. It's very, very, very rare. I went five years where I never, I never drink a sip of a soda. But when I go overseas, about three or four days in the trip, sometimes I get really homesick, and I'll go, and they can tell, I'll go and get a Coke, Coca-Cola. And I'll, I'll take two drinks out of it, and I'm done with it. I just, I want the taste of it because it reminds me of home. It's kind of like putting America on the inside of you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. When you go to Philippines and they got, you know, they got Coca Flola. Or you go to South America, you know, to Ecuador and they got Mocha Flola or something like that. And they, it's their, it don't work. What, what I'm trying to, this is why I'm going to spend so much time in the Word of God. I, I, want, I want you to see real holiness so clear and biblical Christianity that if anything counterfeit comes up before you go, oh, that's not right. That's not, that, 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 that's not what the real thing is. So we're not going to spend so much time trying to figure out everybody that's wrong. I want to figure out the word of God being right. But I will say this. I, I've had conversations with other um, pastors and, and leaders from other denominations and uh, we kind of start talking and it's did you know that that uh, oneness Pentecostalism is the fastest growing in the world it is the fastest growing church branch in the world what we are apostolic holiness Pentecostal we are the number one in the Philippines leaps and bounds the only second religion to us is Islam growing in the world. This oneness, this thing that we're living is growing. You want to know why? Because people are tired of counterfeit. And a lot of denominations began in a lot of the same way we did. And when I've talked with them and, and these denominations, and you know, they're, they're dying. They they're drive by their churches. They're empty. And people are leaving. I've talked with some of these denominational leaders, and I talk to them, and I say, hey, you know, they, they start talking about the, 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 they, they feel they're in a great falling away right now. And uh, they'll look at and they'll tell me one of two things happen. They say, we can trace, those that are honest, uh, that will really talk about transfer, they say, we can trace where our denomination began to trend downward. We, we can trace it almost to the year, and it was one of two things. One, and I'm not going to call the denominations because I don't want to be offensive. One, one of them was, was a holiness Pentecostal like us. They traced theirs and said, we began to die in the early 70s when we stopped preaching the emphasis of the necessity of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
And when they stop that, well, then their doctrine began to fall off just years afterwards. And others from other denominations, which characterized themselves as being born of the holiness movement, the holiness revival of the late 1800s and early 1900s, said they can trace the downfall of their denomination. They can trace it to the moment they stop teaching and emphasizing biblical holiness both within and without modesty and separation. Amen. Uh, one one uh, would be considered sister organization of ours has left all of their standards of holiness in the last 10 or 12, 15 years. And one of their noted bishops has recently said, we made a grave error leaving the doctrine of the word of God in holiness. And now their, their, their organization is just absolutely in shambles right now. They have went, they're not even a, I think they've, they're down to a quarter of what they were just 15 years ago. And so there's a reason why. There's a reason why. Because the people of God walk in the way of holiness. We deny worldliness. We want to be holy as he is holy. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 11 says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Amen. We, we want to be holy. I want to be holy in everything, within, without. Because God's people have always been identified by that. Uh, a few weeks ago when we did this, I sat down uh, and I sang the old song that we used to sing, To Be Like Jesus, To Be Like Him. On earth I long to be like Him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, I only ask to be like Him. And, but that needs to become a theme song of ours. I woke up this morning, uh, and I, I, matter of fact, I must have dreamed it because it was so vivid. I woke up this morning, and I was instantly humming. Like, I hadn't even wiped my eyes yet. I haven't even set up. I'm humming the old chorus, He is Lord. He is risen from the grave, and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What, what does that mean? Does that mean we believe in a risen Savior? Absolutely. But what we say when we identify Him as Lord is that he is ruler of everything in our life. Amen. Amen. Because holiness is nothing more or less than just being a Christian. That's why I stated in the beginning, you, you, we can't be Christian and not be holy. And we can't be holy and not be Christ-like. Many church members, uh, they take on the name Christian. And a lot of churches take on the name Christian that have no right to be that term to say that term, to identify that because to be Christian means to be Christ-like or the most literal translation means to be a follower of Christ. Only as one lives a life of holiness can we be like Christ. Amen. If Jesus Christ is God revealed to us, and he is, then that means he is holy. Amen. It is holiness. Listen, it is holiness that qualifies us to be called Christians. It's what empowers us to be Christians. The followers of the Lord Jesus were first called Christians in the book of Antioch, in the book of Acts, chapter 11, in verse 26. And it said, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they had assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called uh, Christians first. In Antioch, amen. And so 
to be identified with that, that means I'm identified with Christ. I am a follower of Christ. Look at somebody and say, I'm a follower of Christ. Amen. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will go. You have called me and I will answer. Where he le- I want to be a Christian. I want to be a follower of Christ. We used to sing, I am a C. I am a C-H, I am a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, and I have C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-H-E-A-R-T, and I will L-I-V-E-E-T-E-R-N-A-L-L-Y. Okay, I just said I'm a Christian, and I will live eternally for him until I die. Amen. Some of y'all were going, was pastor rapping? How many letters was that? Amen. Listen, holiness, holiness is not an above and beyond thing. I'm still with the spirit of holiness. I haven't touched anything else but the spirit of it yet. Holiness is the most natural way of life for a born-again child of God. Because a born-again child of God says, I want to be like him. I want to be like him. I'm trying to be like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Paul said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. The new man in Christ does not find the life of holiness burdensome or restrictive. Amen. I said the new man in Christ does not find a life of holiness a burden or restricting them. Because their desire for the pleasures of sin is being repressed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to do it because it's going to displease the Lord. I'm not going to say it because it's going to offend the Lord. I'm not going to go there because it's going to offend the Lord. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to offend the Lord. Amen. You know, and and, and I'm not going to refer back to this a lot, but... It's amazing, you know, because 70, 80 years ago, we could make this statement and literally every pulpit in America and the congregation would have shouted amen because it was just understood. Everybody believed that from the Baptists to the Episcopals, everybody. But it is separated. But the Bible says his word don't change. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall never pass away. Jesus said that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, I just want to say this, if living a life of holiness is being archaic, well, then just take me back. Because I want to live what the Word of God says. Amen? Amen. And, and, and so, for the, for, the, for the person who is in Christ, the person who is walking away from the... A life of holiness is, is not a chore. It's just who they are in Christ. Now, does that mean that you're never going to get frustrated with it? And, and No, but what you realize is, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing this. For, I, 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 I'm not here tonight just for you. I'm here for him. When I pray, I'm not praying to impress anyone else. I'm, I'm praying because I want to talk to him. And that's what a, a life of holiness is. Amen. The desires and the pleasures of sin. You repress those through prayer and the power of the Holy. Everybody say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. 
Amen. It doesn't mean that you'll never have that desire again, but you'll repress it. That's what the Holy Ghost does. It empowers us. Instead, we have this longing to please Jesus. And we want to, you know, that's what Christianity, if you boil it down, it's to, I want to please Jesus. And I want to be like Jesus. If this pleases the Lord, I want to do it. If it displeases the Lord, I don't want to do it. Is that too simple? Because, because to a Christian, to a Christian, to live a holy life is a joyous thing. Because it brings, brings pleasure to the Lord. Amen? And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when I give God joy, when jo God gets joy from my life, I get strength from God. So the more joy God finds in me, the more strength I have. But the way for me to give joy to the Lord is to be like he is. And that is to walk in the way of holiness. Amen. With the born again of spirits of salvation comes a fervent love for God and his word. How many remember after you were born again how you just got in the word of God and you just loved it? I mean, you got in the word of God. I mean, I can, I can remember diving into God's word. I can remember uh, reading. I mean, you couldn't, give me enough, you couldn't give me enough Bible studies. You couldn't give me enough uh, time to pray and get in the word. Because when you are born again of the Holy Spirit, you're born again of the Holy Ghost, God's spirit in you is attracting this carnal body trying to be like him. Amen. And, and so we get a desire. If, if a person really loves Jesus, if they really love Jesus, they're going to desire to please him. Amen? Uh, it, it's as simple as this. If you really love your spouse, you're going to want to please your spouse. Within reason, okay? Let's don't go to the extremes. Well, my husband wanted me to rob a bank, so I had to, you know, do what pleases him. Okay, within the limits, all right? But if you really, if you really love your spouse, you want to do what pleases them. You ever been around a bitter married couple? Aren't that, isn't that the worst people to be around? I can't stand being around people that are married and don't like each other. They're miserable. And when one of them's having a good time, the other one's going to just, you ever been around a married couple that couldn't stop cutting each other down? Oh, it's, and argue, and just argue, like, I'm thinking, my Lord, if you argue like this in front of us, man, y'all must fist fight when we're gone. <laughs> I, I remember being with couples, and, 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 and she'd say, you know, oh, I love, just, you know, throwing out an example, oh, I love Texas Roadhouse, and, that, and, and the husband probably, I hate that place. I like Outback. I hate that place. <laughs> you ever been around people like that? It's like, man. You guys need separate rooms or something. Well, actually, maybe you don't, and that'd fix it. Amen. And always arguing with each other, fighting with it. this one. I like, I like Disneyland. Disney World's better. I hate Disneyland. And just constantly doing that. You know, there's places I go, not because I like it, but because it pleases my wife. I'm a country boy. I don't like big cities. But I've been to D.C. I've been to New York. Now, I enjoyed myself while I was there. Don't give me, I didn't sit there going through New York City going, all these 
blasted Yankees. I can't stand this place. The food's terrible. It's so crowded. Everybody stinks. The train smells like a urinal. I didn't go through there doing that. I was stressed. I don't do well in big cities like that. I mean, I was on high alert. I, uh, I constantly, uh, you know, I carry, you know, y'all know I carry a knife. If I could have carried more in New York City, I would have. And I'm looking at everybody. I'm, every, I'm watching everybody. I know the people, the, there's muggings and all that kind of stuff. I'm constantly on high. Matter of fact, the last day we're there, I broke out in shingles. I was just on such high alert the whole time. Uh, but I, I, not one time did I walk with my wife going, this place stinks. I can't believe we're here. How stupid is this to come here and do it? Ah, oh, this is just a, I didn't do that. I walked around. She go, oh, this is where they did breakfast at Tiffany's. And I went, oh, wonderful. <laughs> there was a movie in 1941, and they sat here, and they had a dessert, and they had crepes. And I went, souffle. I walked in some of the most feminine, adronous restaurants wearing cowboy boots and jeans, sitting down going, I'm still a man. You know, got scratch and spit just a little bit, you know. But my wife enjoyed it. I didn't want to make it miserable for her by letting her know, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. We'd be in the Smoky Mountains right now, but no, you had to go here. But boy, isn't that how so many people live for God? They're in a miserable relationship with God. I'll do it, Lord. I don't want to. I'm only doing this because you say, I'm only doing this because the pastor says we got to do it. You're making God miserable. Well, I don't know if you can, but I mean, he's probably not happy. That's no, that's no way to live. You, you with me? If, if you love him, you want to please him. If you love him, you want to please I've had God tell me things in my relationship with him. Now, let me just back up and, and, and kind of put a, put a bow on something here. Amen? Um, we are going to go to the Smoky Mountains eventually at some point. That's my idea of vacation. Take me to the beach where there ain't nobody. Take me to the mountains. I want to hike. I want to, I'll be happy to sit all day in a deer stand and not shoot anything or sit in a boat for 12 hours and not catch anything. To me, that's better than Disneyland, Disney World, all that wrapped in one. But I will go because I love them. And I want to please them. Do you know how many times I sat as a father at a table that was that tall and had tea with Minnie Mouse and Dumbo? Dad, I want some milk in your tea. Sure. Gagging that stuff down. But Addie loved it. I love her. I wanted that to be special for her. I want her to look back and say, get older and say, my dad was a jerk. If we weren't fishing, he wasn't happy. If we weren't, you know, out doing man stuff, he wasn't. No, I can sit down at a tea table and have tea with my little girl because I love her. 
couldn't do it long because them chairs are really small. But I did it. Did it. There are things that God, that God is not asking of us but requires of us because it brings us into harmony with him. And the world doesn't have to understand it. If somebody passed by my window in my house and they saw me sitting at a little Minnie Mouse tea table with Goofy, right? And um, what's the princess sings? Let's it go, let it go all the time. Elsa. And they just see me, Elsa, and Goofy, stuffed animals, sitting there sipping tea. I, I could care less if they walk by and snap a picture, go, look at this moron sitting at the table having tea. I could care less what you think. I'm in relationship. I'm not going to let you identify what brings me in relationship with my daughter. I saw somebody one time said, real men don't play doll with their daughters. And I thought, yeah, they do. And you're a real jerk. And you're real stupid. And tell me when your, kid, when your daughters are 20, how they really feel about you. Because you had to bully them because you couldn't bully another man. I'm not going to let the world determine. I'm not going to let somebody else determine. No, the same way it is with God. I'm not going to let the outside world look at me and my relationship with God go, hey, that's so dumb. You don't need to do any of that. Well, his word says I do. Well, look, it's, you know, it's 2023. Let, let's get out of that mentality. You know, God, God's liberated us. Yes, he has, liber he has liberated us to walk in communion with him and in fellowship with him. And he has not only liberated us, he has empowered us to be holy as he is holy. Amen. Y'all still with me? Amen. Praise God. Let me find where I was here. Okay. With the love of Jesus comes a love for his word and a righteous life. To the same degree that love, one loves righteousness, they must abhor sin. Did you catch that? To the degree you love righteousness, you need to hate sin. Now, uh, all right, I'll start winding this down. I should probably get a hand clap. I'm four paragraphs into this, amen. When, when the devil came before God over Job in Job 1, what you discover about Job, Job really quick is he did a lot of things nobody thought he had to do. He even did things the devil didn't think he had to do to be in relationship with God. Number one, he loved God. The Bible said he loved God with all his heart and he hated sin. If you want to impress God, hate sin as much as you love him. Matter of fact, Job hated sin so much that while his children were having a, a feast, they were having a get-together, a party, there is no indication that any sin had even been committed in that party, but Job still went before God and he offered up sacrifices of repentance before the Lord in case his children may have sinned in their heart. That's how much Job hated sin. You remember, how many remembers that Job kicked the devil in the teeth, right? He won that fight quite impressively. And did you know that Job beat the devil without the Holy Ghost? 
We'll give you something to chew on. Did you know that Job whooped the devil without a Bible? You want to know how Job defeated the devil? Two things. His love for God and his hatred of sin. If you're willing to play with sin, you'll fail every time. If you're willing to let Satan redefine the terms of your relationship with God, you'll mess up every time. We've got to love God and hate sin. Amen? Amen. To the same degree we love righteousness, we've got to hate sin. A believer will have no problem with sin and worldliness if we truly love Jesus. Did you catch that? If we truly love Jesus, we're not going to struggle with trying to be worldly. And again, worldly means of the world. Being entertained by what entertains the world. Talking like the world. Being in worldly conversations, looking, acting, thinking like the world. Because a born-again believer doesn't say, well, I, I know I love God. The Bible says, what fellowship have light with darkness? Amen. How can any two walk together unless they be in agreement? One thing God will never be in agreement in is sin. Amen? And so we've got to turn away from that. Praise God. Herein is found the secret of understanding the message of holiness and putting it into practice every day. Loving God and hating sin. Loving God. So I know we hate the big bad stuff, but we've got to hate the little sins too. We, we look at the, 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 the sin that is in our face and, and it is so obviously sin. We say, well, I hate that. I, I, I don't go for that. But what, what pet sins do we allow in? Amen. What, what little things are, do we become comfortable with? We may not let it in the house, but we'll let it sit on the porch. Amen. The Bible said, be careful for sin, life at the door. Life at the door. Job said something in Job, I believe it's Job chapter 30 and verse 1, if you can find that for me, if you look that up. I believe it's Job 30 and 1. Uh, Job if you want to learn how to live holy and you want to learn to be like Christ, you can read the book of Job and you can really find out how to do it. Because Job did all this without being baptized in the Holy Ghost, having a church or having the Bible. So if we can use his principles and then you empower it with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, what is it for saying in verse 1? I have made a... Okay, go to verse 31 of Job. Chapter 31, verse 1. Try that one. That's it. I what? I made a covenant with my eyes. Say that. There it is up there. Uh, no, Job 31. One. Uh, say it one more time real loud. I made a covenant with my eyes. Job said that. What, what did his covenant say? Why then should I think upon a thing? Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then, and, and the translation there is, why then should I lust after a young woman? Lust is a process of the mind. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. We need to start making covenants with some of our body parts. And I'm in the Bible when I say that. You need to make covenants with your eyes. I'm not going to look at those things. Amen. I've, I've had people, is this all right tonight? I'm, if it's not, you're going to hate the next three months on Midwest because this is all it's going to be. We, 
I want to be holy because I want to be like him. I want to. Can I just say this? We got to quit thinking of holiness as being transactional. Well, if I do this, then God will love me. He already loves me. If I live holy, then God will do this for me. That's, not, that's what he expects. If, you know, uh, if my husband buys me that, that dress I like or that vehicle I like, then I'm going to kiss him every day when he walks through the door. No, you should do that. If my wife cooks that lasagna that I love, then I'm going to tell her she's beautiful every day. You should already do that. See, we come before the Lord with holiness and we say, okay, God, I'm going to be holy because I want you to do this. That's not how it works. Holiness is not transactional. It's mandatory. Holiness of the heart, of the mind. Y'all do realize I'm, I'm still talking about the spirit of holiness. Because when you get the spirit of holiness, if God said dunk your head in a bucket of mud, you do it. Oh, he's not saying that, but obviously. Some people pay good money to have buckets of mud dumped all over them. You see, I, we were at a, uh, my, I took my wife to Reno last year on our anniversary for one night because we won't be there for the fourth. And we go down the lobby of the hotel to, to have dinner, and, and they have a spa. We had to walk by a spa, and, and it had a picture of a woman with this, you know, the big white towel wrapped up on her head, and, and she had mud all over her arms and her face. And I looked at that, and she had them big old cucumbers over her eyes. I'm sure it probably feels good. But it was like $379 for a mud bath. And I thought, lady, let me take you back down to Texas. I'll push you in a mud hole for five bucks. And if you'll let me take pictures and laugh, I, I, I'll get you a cheeseburger. Amen. 400 bucks to have mud put. Okay, so you, you, you get what I'm saying. All right. We can't come before the Lord with holiness and say, okay, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be holy in my thought, in my speech, in my actions, in my appearance. I'm going to be holy. Now, I need you to do this. It's not transactional. It's relational. We selfishly, because every human relationship virtually that we're in, we are taught to be transactional in that relationship. Some of it's healthy, but some of it's mandatory. Amen. That, that's why, well, I was going to say young people, but really everybody, if, if you're single and the person you're dating or, or whatever is, is uh, wanting to put you into a sexual relationship and you do that outside of marriage, and they say, well, if you love me, you'll do it. Uh-uh, that's not how it works. We get married, right? Because if you want that, we've got to have the covenant of marriage. So in that sense, in some point, it is relationally transactional. Put a ring on it. And so we base so much of our relationship on transaction here, but our relationship with him cannot be transactional. Lord, I am doing this. So you, This is like the people that misunderstand fasting. I'm going to fast until God heals my foot. Well, that's not how it works. It's like, it, like the three-year-old holding their breath, trying to punish their parents. <gasps> I want lucky charms. 
I'm convinced the vast majority of Christians fast like that right there. They're going to try to, I'm going to fast until that person gets the Holy Ghost. I'm going to fast until God heals. I'm going to fast. That's not why you fast for. You're never going to twist God's arm behind his back and God start going, okay, okay, I give, I give, I give, I give. That's not what fasting's for. Fasting is to reduce the influence of our flesh and increase our faith in Christ. Fasting doesn't force God to do anything he doesn't want to do. In that same way, holiness is not going to make God love you anymore or bless you anymore. Because it's relational. It's, it's what we ought to do. Amen? All right. Praise God. Let's see. Let, let, me, let, let me close on this thought. I think I can do this. Amen. Maybe we ought to serve supper during this. Because there's, 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 there's a lot to get to in this. And I want to I conclude this before 2025. So look at your neighbor and say, holiness is not transactional. That means I don't, do, I don't live holy so I can get something from God. I live holy because that's what he expects of me. We begin to live a holy life by making sure that our spirit's right. If one's spirit is, is carnal or sour or bitter, it's impossible to be victorious. The right spirit comes as one is filled with the Holy Spirit. That is his own spirit, God's spirit. And then when that happens, our spirit is brought under subjection to the spirit of Christ. This spirit baptism is necessary for a victorious life. It's necessary for a holy life. And it's necessary for salvation itself. Romans 8, 9 says, Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. See, the right spirit permits a man to be spiritual and free from the law of sin. That's what it does. He will live a life of spiritual victory rather than of condemnation, according to Romans 8 and 1 through 2. And let's read that. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Did you catch that? There is no condemnation if we're in Christ Jesus. How? Walking after the Spirit, not walking after the flesh. Let me give you an example. Y'all with me? Let me give you an example. Uh, you had a bad day at work. I'm sure nobody ever had a bad day at work here. Never. Had a bad day at work, and your coworkers invite you out for a drink after work. And you've had a bad day at work. Your spouse is at home not being very pleasant. Uh, when you left the house that morning, your kids looked at you and you said, I love you kids, and the kids went, <laughs> okay, so you've had a bad day, all right? The dog bit the cat. The cat bit the rat. The rat bit the bunny. You had four flat tires, your transmission went out, and you tried to buy blinker fluid in front of your friends, right? So it was a bad day. It was a bad day. Some of you get down on the way home. It, it was a bad day. And they say, well, let's go have a drink. We're just going to hang out. And so, listen, so, so you walk after the flesh, and you say, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to drink. Okay. Going is not a, 
is not in and of itself a sin. But the Bible says flee the very appearance of evil. That's what the Bible says. There are some things we don't participate in, not because the participation is sin, but because all that around it is sin. I'm I'm teaching biblical holiness right here. If the atmosphere offends God, I don't want to be in the atmosphere. Matter of fact, I cannot be in relationship with God and be in that atmosphere. Because I literally have, because God's not going to be where sin is. So I'm literally saying, okay, God, you stay right here. I'm going to go in there for about two hours, and I'll come back out and pick you up. (laughs) Hey, there's restaurants that have great food that I won't go in because of the atmosphere. All right? There's some restaurants, I don't know if they have good food. Maybe they do. Heard they got great buffalo wings, but I'm not going in there, and I'm not even going to order it because I'm not going to even the appearance of evil. Let me just say this. There is no Christian that should ever be in a restaurant like a Hooters, ever. You're lost as a goose in a hurricane if you think that's okay. And I can start listing other ones. This is so basic. This is so basic. The reason I mention this is I saw somewhere on Twitter that a, a, a church back east had their men's group. That's where they went for lunch. I thought I would, I would high-five every wife that smacked their husband in the head coming home from that place. And to find out a church, that ain't a church. That's a boys' club masquerading as a 501c3. All right. There's places I ain't go because the atmosphere is evil. There's restaurants. My wife and I have walked in, and the restaurants... Come to find out we walked in, like 20% of the restaurant was bar, in, or 80% was bar and 20% was restaurant. We're not being, oh, they're trying to be holier than that. No, I don't want to be in that atmosphere. You want to know why? Because instantly when I walk in, the Holy Ghost in me is grieved. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you can walk in a bar and sit at a bar stool and the Holy Ghost doesn't check you, you don't got it. The Bible said you even flee the appearance of evil because if you're supposed to stay away from evil, I don't even want to be setting across from evil. Maybe you think I'm being petty and you think this is being foolish. I go into restaurants sometimes when I'm traveling. I'm I'm by myself. So the server will go right this way and they start walking me right to the bar. I go, no, 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 I'm not going in there. Oh, they'll give you full service here. I, I don't sit at bars. Pastor, are you afraid you're going to drink? Nope, not worried about that at all. But I guarantee if somebody took my picture of me eating a steak at a bar and put it on Facebook, I get every person in this place would struggle with that image. I said, well, I didn't drink anything. Well, I didn't drink anything. Well, I, 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 I didn't drink. Doesn't matter. I shouldn't have been there. Is this okay? Hey, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Praise God. Some of y'all need to learn to walk out of places. I walk out of family events. When they start breaking out, I walk out. I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I'm just trying to be like him. Amen. It happened my whole marriage. My wife's seen it. It's heartbreaking. I've had people in my family, they know how we live, and they, they know we're not trying to be snooty, whatever. Man, when they get parting down and rolling up joints and, and pulling out the beer taps or the kegs, I've got to walk out. My Holy Ghost won't let me sit around that and enjoy myself. Amen. 
There is no condemnation then which are in Christ Jesus. Do not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus. Because he hath made me free from the law of sin and of death. And of death. Because of this newfound or freely obtained freedom from the law of sin, we should have the correct attitude in our approach in living for God. If we have the correct attitude in the Spirit, we will entertain a positive position in overcoming the evil forces of this world. Amen? Amen. Let me close with this, with this, with this right here. The believer, Brother Lucas, if you'll come, the believer with the right spirit and correct attitude does not need does not feel the need to question valuable standards of holiness. I'm going to read that again. The believer with the right spirit and correct attitude does not feel the need to question valuable standards of holiness. We will not need to justify ourselves in questionable circumstances because the delight of our heart is to be as much like Jesus as we possibly can. Because a true Christian is going to ask these questions. How can I live more Christ-like? And then we'll ask this question. Does this glorify God? Does this glorify God? There are some things that we as Christians will not do or become involved with. And if they don't disturb us, then something's wrong with us. Amen? I'm just going to say it. Uh, I'm not going to attend a same-sex marriage. I'm not going to attend their wedding. And a Christian shouldn't attend their wedding. Well, you need to go be a light. No, my presence would be an affirmation of an abominable union in the sight of God. I, can you believe this is even questioned in Christianity today? You want to know why? You want to know why most churches would, most Christian churches in America. Matter of fact, the largest church in this nation, their, their, their sellout as a hireling pastor, Joel Osteen, even said he would attend a gay wedding if he was invited. Said on national TV. He said, well, I'm not God. I, 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 can't, I can't judge. His word already did. We're not judging. We're obeying. Amen? That's all we're doing. So I'm not going to attend. Well, wouldn't it offend them? I don't know. That's not my intent. But I would rather offend them than offend God. Amen. Y'all still love me? Amen. It's his word. Have I said anything out of line with the word? I'm really considering... Uh, I'll probably post each lesson once I'm finished. We're, we're not even, my Lord, we got 13 pages left in this one. I'll probably post this once we're done with it because I want you to review this. I, I'm really considering that this, this might go into book format for us. Because I'm teaching the, I'm, I want to teach God's word. We, we know we need to repent of our sins to be saved. We need to be baptized in his name to be saved. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be saved, right? But what else do we need to do? Be holy. We can get all that other stuff right and not get this. And not be saved. He said holiness without which what? 
no man shall see the Lord. Will you stand with me tonight? Amen. One of the biggest, matter of fact, I was writing today. I shared this with my wife. I was writing about something different, a different topic. And I shared it with my wife today. And I said, one of the biggest, one of the biggest pressures that we, we face as, as true Christians, as believers of God's word, is not from the world. It's from other, other professing Christians. When we abstain from something and, they, and, and, we, and we say, well, we'll compromise because we don't want to feel left out. Right? That's right. We don't want to feel left out. A, a believer will say, my contentment is in his presence. Right? There, there, there's things I want to go do. There's things I want to be a part of. But because I knew the atmosphere, I could. Well, does God want me to be left out? Come out from among them and be you separate, says the Lord. Was he trying to be mean about it? He loves us too much for us to be spotted by sin. The Bible says no sin, no sin will inherit the kingdom of God. I know this is old-fashioned. I know what I'm teaching is old-fashioned. I know that. I know, I know majority of so-called churches there are not teaching this. I know a lot of professing Pentecostal churches just walking away from this stuff. I want to stand, but my, I was talking to my pastor this, this morning, and he made the remark. He said, our responsibility is to present to God a holy bride. He, he would say that to us all the time. Said, our response is to present to the Lord a holy bride because that's all he's going to accept. He said he's coming back for a bride whose garment is without spot or without wrinkle. I don't know about you, but I want to walk on this way of holiness from within and from without. Amen. we got to quit acting like holiness is a bad word. It's what brings us into beautiful communion with the Lord. I want to be holy even as he is holy. Lord, touch my mind tonight, Lord. Help me make a covenant with my eyes. Lord, I, I, I want to make a covenant with my ears. There's, there's music I'm not going to listen to. There's conversations I'm not going to get in. There's jokes I'm not going to hear because I'm going to make a covenant with my ears. I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes. I'm going to make a covenant with my mouth. God, anything that is unpleasing in your sight, anything that would bring a reproach to you, anything, Lord, that is unpleasing according to your word, Lord. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want, any, I don't want anything of it because I want to be like you. How many would lift their hands and pray that prayer right now? Jesus, I just I want to be like you. Help, Lord. Help me, Lord, not to let the eye of my flesh or the hackles of my flesh get raised because my flesh wants something, but your spirit is calling me out of that. Lord, whether it's an attitude of unforgiveness or bitterness, or Lord, if it's sensuality, if it's deception or lies, if it's if it's filthiness of the flesh or mind, whatever it is, God, that is not pleasing in your sight, oh God. I want to walk in the way of holiness because I want to you. 
I want to be holy more than I want to be an American. I want to be holy more than I want to be successful. I want to be holy more than I want to be rich. I want to be holy more than I want to be accepted. I want to be holy more than I want to be popular. I want to be holy more than I want to be fit. I want to be holy more than I want to be handsome or beautiful. I just want to be holy because you are calling, oh God, to bear your image and your glory and your reflection in this world. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Come on, just let the Holy Ghost pray through you right now. Oh, God, I want to be like you, God. <laughs> just let the Holy Ghost pray through you for a moment. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.